This is the Steve Zabin Show. You don't know what the hell you're doing! On the Team 980 and the Team980.com. What the hell is he doing? Here he is, the Zabe. Sometimes you get a moment of unintended levity amidst all of this stuff. And this comes to us today from Clearwater, Florida, where about 50 or so protesters who want gyms reopened protested outside the steps of the courthouse doing exercises, push-ups, sit-ups, squats, calisthenics. Many people jumped on Twitter to go, so what you're saying is you can still exercise even though your gyms are closed. Kind of funny. I know why they want their gyms open, because they like going to the gym. It's important for them to be healthy, and they feel like they can do it in a responsible way. I get it. But also, it's just kind of funny. Like, well, you know, you can still do exercise. Eh, oh, well, that's the way it goes. Uh, just to put a cap on what is you know now coming to a head with baseball, as the owners have agreed, here's what we propose. It's put to the players. Uh, Doolittle has uh, put out his long thread for the Nationals. It has been received, let's just call it, mixed reviews. I think somebody responded, as soon as you added, uh, included an article from the Washington Post and Vox, that's where you lost me. Yeah, somebody bailed Others have that. said, darn right, you're totally there as well. I liken what's, we're now at the point, and we're at 60 days. I'm counting March 11th as day zero. That was the night, March 11th, right, in which Rudy Gobert tested positive. Tom Hanks went on Instagram and said, "We, me and my wife tested positive. Everything got shut down on March 11th. It wasn't until a bit later that the more serious stay-at-home orders started popping up state by state by state by state by state. But I consider March 11th the date. So we're at two months to the day on this May 9th. And I think that the country has gotten to what I call the get-up-and-march moment of the crisis. Or, and it's or almost do your like, sit-ups or push-ups moment, something. Well, like it's it's like in a it's like in a war movie, or I guess in real war. Not that I would have any experience, where you've been through a hell of a, a battle or a fight. You might be wounded, you might be beat up just a bit, and you're you're lying down, and you're like, okay, let's just hunker down here. But at some point, you got to get up and march. And at this point, since we're not an army, we're a nation of 340 million people who have differing levels of health concerns, ability to lay low versus the desire to get up and start marching, uh, and a whole patchwork quilt of state, local, and national authority on what can and cannot be done, it's going to be a bit chaotic, and there's going to be a lot of disagreement, and there's going to be a lot of rhetoric on all sides, and I'm certainly not going to try to convince anybody to change their mind. I know that's a, a foolhardy thing. People are going to believe what they believe, but I think baseball is realizing May 11th, here's our proposal. It's going to take a good week to hash it out. Like, don't you think it'll take a week to get an agreement? There's going to be some horse trading. Okay, yeah, but how about this? Maybe not. Maybe it gets approved quickly. I don't know. Do they tell you? I mean, what do they tell you in 
in negotiations. Hey, did they tell you to take the first offer? Of course not. Of course no. it's going to get better no. from here. So it's got to go back and right. forth. Yes. And like Sean right. said, I, w- I, I look forward to reading it. And then he can fire back and contact Tony Clark and whoever the reps are. Listen, what about these ideas? Can we can we talk about this stuff? Yeah, yeah. So Tony Clark's going to have uh, a lot on his plate because he's got to then balance out the differing views from all of their players. I'm sure many players are not nearly as reticent as Doolittle. Some are maybe even more so. And so then, you know, it comes down to it if the players agree. And I'm not sure what the total vote has to be. Is it just simple majority plus one? Is it two-thirds? Either way, let's say the players approve it. Let's say they approve it tomorrow. That gives us a little over two weeks left in May to start ramping up and getting some things organized. Then in we get into June, we've got to start training camps, training camp two by like June 10th, and you're just going to have to start putting things in place knowing that, well, it's not going to be perfect. It, it could be chaotic. If you dither much longer, your season is in real jeopardy. Your season is at real risk. And the economic damage and fallout from that will be severe. Not extinction level, I don't think, for Major League Baseball. Not not really close, but it will be huge. And I think a number of players will say, look, uh, I don't want to go through that. I can't afford it personally with me and my family. This is my job. There's a lot of other support people in baseball that are, I'm sure, praying that they can get this thing up and running in a safe enough way for them to say, okay, good, because their lives and their mortgages depend on it. So we'll see what happens with the get-up-and-march moment that we are fast approaching here in the U.S. In the U.K., they approved the Premier League starting June 1. The government That's a knock blasted. on wood. Yes. There won't be setbacks. Um, we know that the Bundesliga had some hiccups, but they're apparently back on track, and they're apparently going to start, I guess, at the end of the week, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, the Bundesliga comes back this weekend behind closed doors, and the stuff that I was reading about the Premier League, yes, the U.K. government said go for it, but there are teams, Abe, who aren't totally into the return. Right. And there are other teams who are like, we're into it, but not with this neutral site. Thing. So not right. everybody's, you know, that there's there's splintering factions, and I think they do need a majority vote, like 14 of the 20, or, you know, I know that it's, yeah. if, there's, if there's 20, then I know what the majority is, but, you know, I'm... Uh, as yeah, Roger Sherman course. told us, yeah, as Roger Sherman from Men and Blazers told us, this this is, he thinks, an existential threat for the Premier League because the top clubs bring in so much money, their corporate right. conglomerates under themselves that they have to play. The lower-tier clubs, they're looking at it, it's in it for us kind of thing. So they're probably going to be far less eager to do so. So they've got their own mess and challenge. Plus, the Premier League draws, what, international players from all over the world and Europe to come play for them professionally on borrowed time when they then go back to their home countries and play these international matches under the banner and the flag of their home country whole different ecosystem than here in the states with any of our pro sports so we'll see project restart all right project restart okay last dance i missed episode seven i caught the bulk of episode eight 
I was busy working for Episode 7, and honestly, I'd had a little bit of fatigue by the time Episode 7 started. I, Excuse I, me. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think uh, Prana, who writes a media column for SI.com, said, I wrote something negative about The Last Dance. Please forgive me. <laughs> because that seemingly is the sentiment nowadays that, you know... That's the way it goes. Episode 7 showed Jordan at his most ass self, right? And it concluded with the montage of winning, followed with the emotional Jordan explanation of this is how I do it. And for those that don't get it, it's because, quote, you've never won anything. Correct. Yes. I have a little bit of a problem with that. I understand the way the real world works. The real world works like this. The winners write the history books. Boom, done. It's been that way forever. In politics, wars, sports, and everything else, the winners write the history books. So Jordan won. He won more convincingly than any other player. He made it to six finals. He won them all. Six and oh in the finals on the biggest stage when it mattered the most. He can say something like that, and people will go, yeah, you're right. But by extension, then, does it mean that somebody like, say, Carl Malone, does it make him unwilling to have done the things that Jordan did? Does it mean Carl Malone should have been a bigger asshole himself or John Stockton? You know, it's not a causational thing. Like, be a giant, psychotic, driven asshole, and then you'll win championships. Winning championships is as much the cosmic bounce of the gods and the favor smiling upon you at the right time. It is a high-stakes affair that can go either way. I worry that people will see this from Jordan, especially some, some of the younger generation, and they'll say, okay, that's how it's done. Be a big, raging psycho soul, and then I'll win, like Mike. Not necessarily. The other problem I had with it was that while Jordan says, hey, I never asked these guys to do anything that I didn't do myself in the pursuit of winning. Okay, fair point. Question, did you also, Michael, allow the indulgences to other players on your team that you allowed yourself, whether it was smoking cigars in the locker room before games or ducking out early to go get a tea time on the golf course or any number of other things, going to Atlantic City till 2.30 a.m. So it's a bit hypocritical. He's like, well, look, I did all this, and I, I wouldn't ask anyone to do it if I wasn't doing it. Yeah, but you're not also giving them the leeway to do the other stuff that you did. But, as I said, the winners write the history books, and greatness like Jordan is so once in a lifetime It's blinding in its awesomeness that, okay, he gets away with it, and he got away with it. Your thoughts on the way it was presented in Episode 7 about Jordan saying, look, those that don't get it have never won anything. It was a ballsy thing to look in the camera and say, if you look at me as a tyrant, that's on you. And then he says, I'm only doing this because that's who I am. And then he starts to well up and he says, break, right at the end of the episode. I found that, I'm, I'm not here to laugh at him, man can certainly have his emotions. 
but I just thought that that was a little that was what cheesy? drove him to a, a t- not not cheesy, but that's what drove him to an emotional breaking point. The man's father was murdered. He had given his all uh, on numerous occasions throughout incredibly successful runs. And you saw him sobbing on the floor of the locker room, you know, after the Father's Day clinch over the Seattle Sonics that, in, in eight. That, that was, was pretty damn cool. Yeah, that was that was something. But also the stuff with the baseball. And, you know, it, it, episode seven talked about the, the death of James Jordan and how people at the time were like, yeah, maybe this had something to do with the gambling. And, you know, I, they never Chiron that one author. And he said, how do I say this? It's BS. It's total BS. <laughs> and with that, it, done. Just a brush of the hand, right? They didn't really yes. go into it. But people no. are defending it, saying, look, this is not a true documentary. It's an entertainment piece. They're not going to give every crackpot, wacko, conspiracy theory <laughs> guy 10 minutes on camera to explain why they're sure that he was gambling, and that's why he was, quote, unquote, suspended. It's been amazingly entertaining. Not saying it's not without flaws from a viewer's perspective, but this is how they deal with it. If there's conflict, they hand Michael an iPad or an iPhone with a video, and he laughs or he makes some sort of comment, and then we're all supposed to sit there in our living room and go, oh, I guess that settles it then. No further questioning. Michael has ruled. And that's it. Just right. like Gary Payton with his Sonics take, and he just starts laughing. Jordan's laughing again, and doing the bug and, eyes like, and, I never right. had problems with the glove. I had something else on my mind. Exactly. And then they wrapped it up neatly with, you know, the clinching's going to be on Father's Day, and you saw the emo- And I get it. I'm not saying that's not part of anybody's argument or equation, but... You know they do they do address conflict and then Michael swats it like it's a Scotty Burrell practice floater. Now that was damn funny. That is maybe the most savage gif meme, whatever you want to call it, from the entire series. Unless there's something better in episodes nine or eight, hard to believe. Scotty Burrell. Okay, watch this shimmy shake. I'm going to a Akeem Olajuwon dream shake you. Right. And Jordan looks at him with the stink face like. What are you doing? And as soon as he goes up to shoot it, swats it, just snuffs it out like a candle at the end of Catholic Mass. Good night now. Here was the final 60 seconds of last night's Episode 7. Then we welcome your comments on the text line, 330 99 When people see this, they're going to say, well, he wasn't merely a nice guy. He may have been a tyrant. Oh, well, that's you because you never wanted anything. I wanted to win, but I wanted them to win and be a part of that as well. Oh, of course, the buffering, Scott. I'm always getting afraid. I don't have to do this. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. Break. 
good stuff right there. It's great it's good stuff. stuff. I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm, I'm totally okay with it. Like I said, winners write the history books, and he was an incredible winner. Your react coming in on the text line. We'll get to it next. All right, text, one, text windows open, 330-99-ZABE. Uh, from the 703, Zabe, day zero of this thing was March 13th. Capitals versus Detroit. It was the first local game canceled. My wife and I were on the way to the Metro when it was announced. Well, if I recall, hockey the day after, the NBA shut down at season, said we're yeah, going to keep Wednesday going. Wednesday night was the NBA with the, what was it, Thunder, Utah, Gobert, because I was, I was at a floor hockey Wednesday game. Wednesday the 11th. Yeah, yeah, Wednesday exactly. the 11th was when we all were – I was checking Twitter, and I think I was texting you. I'm like, yeah, I'm at floor hockey. I feel kind of awkward about being here. And that was the last time I played floor hockey, but that was also the night that the NBA shut down. Yes. So, yeah, two days uh, later from the, the four, one for the Cavs. From the 410, Michael Jordan was great, but damn, still carrying all those grudges and perceived slights after all those years cannot be healthy for him. Question, does Jordan really carry grudges or does he tend to carry grudges? And more importantly, has anyone ever heard of a Jordan grudge or Jordan slight before he went out and brought down holy vengeance upon the person that dared to disrespect him? Because I have a theory about this. The theory is this. After Jordan destroys certain guys or wins a game or whatever, he likes to selectively backfill a story that is of dubious truthiness to give flavor to the accomplishment he has just put on display. And the prime example is the LeBradford Smith story. Yeah. Like, LeBradford Smith had a nice game against Jordan the night before Jordan went off. Jordan was clearly upset about that because he knew that LeBradford Smith was a scrub and he's Michael effing Jordan, so he had to do something about it. So he did do something about it by really focusing on decimating LeBradford the next night, to which he did for 37 points in the first half alone en route to 47 for the game. And then he made up the story about, here's why I was mad. I got to believe that's the case with 90% of these things. And I got to believe that things like I was mad at George Carl and the Sonics for ignoring because me in a restaurant. he walked past me in a restaurant. Had George Carl stopped to chat him up, would Jordan have said, I thought that was disrespectful, man. So what? We're in the same restaurant. It's the night before game one of the finals. He has to come over. What's he trying to do? Intimidate me? And I was like, you know what? I'll show you tomorrow night. Pissed me off. Disrespectful. He could have gone either way. I don't know if he's patch things up with George Carl. George Carl has survived various serious, I think, cancer uh, diagnosis uh, with his vocal cords, maybe. Um, anyway, I don't know. I, I don't mind it. It's just, it's, it's flavor. It's part of the Michael Jordan legend that exists. I don't put as much seriousness behind it as perhaps some people do. It's what fuels him. It's what's always fueled him, whether it's Isaiah, whether it's what Nick Anderson saying, uh, you know, 45 ain't 23 or what. It's, it's like, dude, every little right. 
thing. You're, you're, that's what. No, no, you're great. Do you need all of this to be as great as you were? Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, you're playing in the NBA Finals. You've come back from your baseball hiatus. And you've got a 72-10 and 10 team. You need, to, you need a George Carl thing to motivate you further? Like, that was not motivation enough? It's good flavor. It's good spice. It's almost like the... The garnish on the, the meal. You're not supposed to eat the little, what, what do they call that little sprig of green stuff? Pars- parsley. Parsley, yeah. Does anyone eat that? Uh, some people do. Not me. Weirdos, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's not necessary. The parsley to on top though. of the meal. Just a little splash of color. A little bit of, right. hey, look at that. Yeah, It's green color. Sure. It could be a little piece of kale, what too. I, Whatever. What I liked about these two episodes was that um, finally the quality of the footage Started to improve. Fill the, the screen without blur. Right. Acceptable. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was finally some NBA Finals footage that was shot in glorious slow motion, film aspect ratio, frame rate. I'm like, ooh, ooh, that's some good stuff right there. Oh, yeah. Right here. Right into my veins. Come on, baby. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. I like the fact that some people think he could have been a major league player. <laughs> I bet you if you gave him 1,500 at-bats, he would have made the major leagues. Really? That's what Reinsdorf said. A 200 slap-hitting, no-power, gangly basketball player, moonlighting in baseball. He trailed really? in 50 runs, Steve. 50 runs. Double A. The jump from double A to triple A is apparently huge. And the jump from AAA to the bigs, where every stadium is like a cathedral. And the batting practice balls are pearls. And you don't touch your bags when you're in the show. And everybody's got exploding stuff in the major leagues. Right, Bull Durham? Right, Crash Davis? That jump from AAA to the bigs. I mean, Tebow is a better baseball player, younger a better body type for it, stockier, more muscular, not so long and gangly like Jordan. So long. And he's he's not as removed from the game as Jordan. Even he is kind of honestly a joke at baseball. I don't mean he's a joke as a person. He's a great dude, and he's trying really hard, but he's not a major leaguer. Some say that him hitting 200, even in double, impressive unto itself. And I say, eh, maybe. I guess, maybe. I don't know. Elite athletes are elite for a reason. They're just better at everything. We've all had kids in the neighborhood that one kid, he's good at every sport. And you're like, okay, you know what? Deep down, you're kind of a jackass. I don't, I don't like the fact that you're so good at catching and throwing and running and hitting and shooting and everything, every sport we play here in the neighborhood, you're good at. Not real wild about that. 240. I think if he had said he competed to win instead of just win anything, it would have sounded better. But in this age of everybody gets a trophy and it's just about participation, I loved him before, and these episodes just reinforce to win at all costs mentality. Okay? How many kids are going to watch this documentary and they're going to tell their 12-year-old buddies, you don't get to eat, you can't drink that juice box because we lost or you had a bad game. How many are going to say, I'm going to do like, be like Mike? <laughs> I'm going to be the team bully. 
414, consider copywriting your trade this truthiness before someone steals that line. <laughs> I think truthiness is to various people regarding certain arguments that come up from time to time. It has the ring of truth. It's truthy, but it's not necessarily truth. 443, Zabe, I feel you. The Jordan Show insists upon itself. Nah, well, it's on. the only thing we got going. Everybody's tweeting about it. Everybody's talking about it. I can understand where it could actually sort of wear people down. You've been and then this from episodes. the 484. Not to be a jerk, Zabe, but it's a documentary when it comes to bashing Isaiah, and it's just, quote, entertainment when it comes to questioning Michael. No fan of Isaiah by any means, but certainly seems to play both sides of that fence at times. I don't make that distinction. I agree that it's a documentary, air quotes, like all documentaries, air quotes, that has a certain agenda, certain angle, and a certain tone to it that is not always the complete story from every angle. What do they say about the truth? The truth is your side, my side, and something in the middle. At least three angles to the truth. The truth about the Jordan legacy, the Jordan era, has at least three sides to it. This is their side. Jason Hayhear's side in conjunction with Michael Jordan as approving of the project. It's one side of it. Highly entertaining, though. Hell of a lot of fun. And thank God we had it during this time. Remember when at first they're like, yeah, it's not ready. We'll do it in the summer. And we're like, give me the damn documentary now before I lose my non-sports-having mind. All right, coming up, Scott Lynn has a DMV sports desk. We'll get you caught up on the latest. Baseball has a plan. It's now in the hands of the players. We'll see if we can get baseball on a glide path for what could be a glorious return sometime in early July. The DMV sports desk on the 2980 and 95.9 FM. This year, Radio 1 celebrates 40 years of informing, inspiring, and entertaining the community. The D.C. Lottery and the Team 980-95.9 FM team up to give you a chance to win the exclusive 40th anniversary Radio 1 Scratcher with over $800,000 in cash and prizes. Keep it right here for your chance to win. Scott Lynn with the latest. Multiple reports say baseball owners on a conference call earlier today, that is, approved a proposal to send to the players regarding on how to start and approach this season. Meetings start tomorrow. 82-game season, says USA Today. Revenue sharing plan in the 50% area. Other reports say players not necessarily a big fan of the rev share idea. Universal DH, extra playoff round, regular divisions, but you only play in-division teams and teams from your division in the other league. No World Baseball Classic in 2021, according to an ESPN Deportes report. Dr. Anthony Fauci of the NFL season tells NBCSports.com, Upcoming campaign is going to depend on testing, and right now, quote, there's too much infection. Hopefully by September, it's not going to be the way it is right now. NFL Network all over the two a deal with Miami, four years, 30-plus mil. Of course, it's got a fifth-year option, almost 20 mil guaranteed. NHL season still up in the air, but the AHL Board of Governors has voted to cancel the remainder of their year and the Calder Cup playoffs because of the COVID COVID crisis. Premier League Soccer has to go ahead from the U.K.'s government to restart their season June the 1st. Teams training with social distancing in effect. 20 teams, they need 14 votes to go ahead with it, but not everybody's into the possible return. Bundesliga in Germany will start this weekend with no fans. 
this report a service of Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. DMV weather, 57, breezy, cloudy in Silver Spring. Clearing mid-40s tonight, partly sunny Tuesday, 60. Nobody's really sure what time it is these days. Make sure you're waking up with our buddy. Kevin Sheehan Show, 6 to 9 a.m. Doc and Galdi, 9 to noon. B. Mitch at noon. Zabe Show takes you home 3 to 7. On the Team 980, 95.9 FM, more of the Zabe Show on this Monday as we continue. Live from the 95.9 FM Team 980 studios, Zabe, back over to you. So I'm going to uh, duck out for a couple of days. Uh, well-deserved, long overdue. Uh, we've been all hands on deck here since sports stopped. Not a lot of vacations to be had given that, well, whole country's been shut down. Thankfully, the golf courses in North Carolina are open, and uh, the 18th annual Malcolm McLeod Memorial goes on. Show goes on! <laughs> Take me with you. Take me with you. I'd love to have you. Take me with you. So I'm uh, I'm driving the the broadcast studio van, the new Zabecast broadcast van down with the boys <gasps> in it. But yeah. oh. I was looking. Sorry, I was hiccuping there. No, no, no. I, I was, I was looking. Say, give them the keys. You sit in the back, and it'll be the greatest drive show of all time. <laughs> right. I, well, yeah, we we could actually. I mean, I could in theory do the show Thursday with you. I could actually hook up as we're rolling down the road, but that's work, Scott. See, there's actually I I I realized I was like, wow, five days off I was going to take to go to Arizona in April with the family. That's mm-hmm. in my back pocket. Two days off to go to Vegas. That's in my back pocket. Once sports do get ramped up, and I believe they will, then it's going to be interesting because there's going to be a lot of us that are going to be wanting to take time off. I guess CJ will just work around that, right? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So anyway, I was uh, I was out today uh, carefully, socially, mask on, uh, avoiding people looking for a cooler. Yes. I was so looking for tweet. a cooler. What I want what I want for the van is I want a classy cooler. In other words, I want a square box, no wheels, no handles. A classy cooler that has what I'm looking for is like a metal sort of side to it, not plastic. I want to believe Coleman used to make a cooler that had a forest green metal veneer on the outside of its square box cooler. Maybe wrong about that, maybe not. But I was in the store and I saw some of the Yeti coolers yeti coolers and i took one glance at them and looked at the price tag and said what are you crazy three hundred dollars for a yeti cooler that is not even that large this isn't this isn't even one of those i caught 68 walleye and i'm going to put them on ice and take them home coolers for the uh, fishing types, my brother has one that you could you know, pretty much chop up a dead body and put it in there. Not that you would want to, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, no. Flim? Never. Maybe even like from a, a, a Swedish fireworks accident or something like that. Scott, look at you, buddy. That's exactly what I want. Coleman, 
steel belted cooler. That's it. That's great. Where is it's at Target? Yeah. Or Get it Amazon's Monday, May 18th. That's oh, too late for your trip. Unless you want to go pick it up. That's shipping. I don't know if your local, you know. I would like see to if, see it in stores. See if your local Target I, I did around your zip. Well, I, I did go to my local Target and it wasn't there. Yeah, that's exactly what I want right there. Just classy, simple, metal, black, steel belted, boom, good to go. Mm-hmm. But I wish I'd thought of Yeti coolers. I wish I'd said, I know what I'm going to do. Basically, somebody said that Yeti developed a lifestyle brand, and they've just got a product that is insanely priced that is now a status symbol. That it's a lot of money for a plastic cooler, and Scott's showing off his Yeti water cup we got from the good folks at the the army Army navy Navy game game. in usaa yeah that yeti tumbler i've priced those scott to have my imprint on them like usaa did these are like 35 bucks aren't they yes and then remember zabe remember back in the day when we were all doing the morning show together a friend who worked for the company i believe sent us the giant silver yeti stainless steel those things are in the 40 to 45 dollar range they're amazing. Ice in your car. I mean, they're they're actually freaky bizarre because you'll put right. ice and ice water in your car on a July day. You'll come out. That thing will still be slurpy still cold. Still there. But, don't, but right. don't touch the outside because you'll burn your fingerprints off. Yeah. Now, I know that Yetis are double wall insulated and special hydroponic foam, this foam, that, blah, blah, Yeah, they got blah. it figured out. But I agree the Buffett lifestyle quote is very good because they're, oh, yeah, you know, Yeti. It's, a, it's very much a lifestyle brand. And, and let's say that a Yeti cooler of that size costs $75 to make. I'm just spitballing total guesswork here. Mm-hmm. They sell it for 300 so it's a huge spread. Other competitors like Arctic coolers, and we got I got one of those for free when they had an ad campaign with well, the, one of the old shows. Uh, did you ever get yeah, an Arctic cooler? No, I wasn't. You didn't get near it? it. Okay. No, I, I they laughed at me. Yeah, it's uh, another super heavy construction uh, cooler, and I believe they came in at maybe half the price of a Yeti. So let's say a normal thirty fifty four quart cooler. Let's call it is, you know, just a basic Coleman is like $99. And a Yeti is 300 The Arctics were coming in at like 150 to 175 They had hit that middle ground there where they, they said... They to be pretty nice. Do you still have your yeah. Arctic? So take it with no. you with the van. All right, never mind. No, A, it's too big. B, it's okay. too heavy. I, th- I think I loaned it to a neighbor and said, go ahead, keep it. <laughs> you know why? It's... Too heavy. The cooler's too damn big. It is. I like to store the coolers I have up in uh, the garage on the big shelves I built. And Mm -hmm. I've tried to get that big Arctic up there, and it's dangerous. You start getting up on a stepladder, you're like, But if anyone has an idea for the next expensive thing that will be a status symbol (laughs) that doesn't cost (laughs) nearly that much to make... Please call me, email me, text me so that we can get in on this because it's quite a scam. 703 America test kitchen tested coolers. 
America Test Kitchen Tested Coolers. 703, clarify that tweet if you don't mind so I can... America uh, Test Kitchen is... America's Test Kitchen is one of those, I believe, cooking show type public TV where they'll, you know, they, they test different things out. I could be very wrong. But America's Test Kitchen, it. I think, was that, Zabe. Got it. Okay. Very good. Uh, how big was UFC for betting? UFC 249, Darren Ravel reports... That at DK Sportsbook, its customers bet nearly two times as much as the previous UFC record, which was UFC 246. So that's pretty good there. Our friend Troy Mocker, formerly of the DC Defenders, Scott, says that exactly 30 days after the XFL got shuttered, he's working again. He's starting as the senior content strategy manager for Rush Street Interactive and at Bet Rivers. Good for him. Excellent. Joel Dahman, PGA Tour player, shot 58 in a friendly match over the weekend. Now, of course, doesn't really count if it's not a tournament round, but still, 58 is going super-duper low. It was at the Mesa Country Club in Mesa, Arizona. He was uh, playing a friendly match. And I think he was playing another good player, and he beat him by 11 shots. The other guy shot 69, and he's like, I'm doing pretty good. Nope, you got beat by 11. I shot 58. Well done, Joe. So suck on that one and like it. I got this one from Fertilizer Mike about the uh, dancing Ghana meme. Now people have sort of hybrid memed it, where this is a picture of a, looks like an ancient funeral back in medieval times with the theme song Does sound sort of loot Zamfir esque, doesn't it? Zamfirific. <sighs> Knicks and Rangers have offered refunds to season ticket holders. So there's gonna be a lot of teams that are gonna finally loosen owner. That's why they should do that. Right. Exactly. Coming up, the Daily Zabe, all the news that matters to me beyond the world of sports. But first, let me tell you about Healthnetics. Healthnetics is something I use every day, and I think it can help you. You don't know until you try, though, and that's why Healthnetics has a 100% money-back guarantee. What is it? Well, it's CBD oil, and you might say, well, I've heard some things about it, I've read about it, but I'm skeptical, I'm not sure. Fine. That's why, like I said, 100% money-back guarantee if it doesn't work for you. I believe it's helped my arthritis. And for trips like this golf trip, it's a real lifesaver because I'll be able to play 36 holes a day. And other than just being tired and drunk and generally sore from being 52 years old, I'll be able to play all the golf that I want to play. If you've got aches and pains, anxiety, or sleeplessness, give Healthnetics a try. Promo code TEAM, that's T-E-A-M, to get 20% off your order and rest assured, Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. That's healthnetics.com. Order yours today. Daily Zabe is next. Now, it's the news that matters to Zabe. Step right up. Step right up. Oh, it's the subject matter I'm sure you're familiar with. Whether it matters to you or not. All that matters is power. This, this 
is the Daily Zane. Brace yourselves, America, for some potential mind-blowing news. On the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Daily Zane brought to you by Healthnetics. We start Dateline. Oops, hold on. Dateline headlines that grab your attention. Jeff, go ahead and turn that down just a tiny touch there. Thank you. This one's a good one, Scott. Ready? Here we go. Let's do it. Ikea, Ikea masturbation incident in China forces company to tighten security. What the hell did you just say? You heard me. What the hell did you just say? <laughs> a woman was caught on camera mastering her domain while half naked in a Chinese Ikea store, prompting the DIY furniture company to pledge stricter security. DIY? She took that to a new level. (laughs) The two-minute pornographic clip shows the unidentified woman wearing just a white shirt as she pleasures herself in various sections of the store. As other shoppers walk by, the woman initially sits on a chair, uh, doing what she does and thrusting her toward the camera. She then sits on the bed with the legs spread and one point seems to catch the eye of some guys walking past. Why, why wouldn't she? I gotta believe the Chinese authorities are gonna frown on this and frown on it really hard. Dateline. Can I can I get a couch like that? Or no alright, I, I mean is it can we talk deal for that floor model? I it, right <laughs> Can I get the couch itself? Why, why do you want this one, sir? You know that she was... Oh, yeah, no, I... Oh, oh she where? was? I had no idea. Oh. <laughs> Dateline didn't see that one coming. Economics is a weird thing, and by weird I mean it's unflinching in that things occur because all of a sudden something's cheaper than something else when it never used to be that way. For example, the cheap price of fuel is causing ocean carriers to go the long way around Africa. You know why? Because they're avoiding the Suez Canal fees. It's cheaper to go around Africa than it is to go through the Suez Canal when they charge you fees. The Suez Canal has lost $10 million in fees in April and May. Amazing, well, go but not figure. shocking, right? If they're not no. making money because nobody's buying and things are plummeting, then why should they? Get, I'm not taking that $8 million toll bridge. I'm going a long right. way around. Dateline, you hate to see it happen. Iranian military ship accidentally opens fire on one of its own. Dozens of sailors reportedly dead. Watch what you're shooting at over there. You hate to see it. Dateline, The Office. I told you I'm listening to The Office Ladies podcast, right? Jenna Fisher. Yes. Angela Kinsey. Well, today, Jim Krasinski, who has been recording this web series called uh, Today's Good News or Some Good good News news Report, something like that. Good news, feel good thing. I mean, it's cute. It's nice. Emily Blunt, his wife, is so hot. She's lovely. Uh, he basically, Jim Krasinski, got together, at least via Zoom, all the key members of the office to recreate the infamous wedding scene 
where they use Chris Brown's song Forever to dance down the aisle. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there was a couple on Zoom. Let me invite some of my family to the party. Ladies and gentlemen, the cast of The Office. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Pretty much got everybody. Steve Carell, Mindy Kaling, all, all the principals. I don't know if there's anybody who's not in on this. So, good for John Krasinski, who's got a big beard going right now. What do you make, Scott, of the coronavirus lockdown beard phenomenon? Cool or douchey? You make the call. Douchey. It's totally unnecessary. Yeah, just whatever. It's like, hey, man, we're all in lockdown. Yeah. Hey, look at this beard I got going on. Right. You got power, don't you? keep the beard then. Yeah, right. You don't even need power. You need right. a razor and a yeah, sink a l- and some a water. stuff. A bucket. Right. Dayline gender equality. I'm not sure the makers of Ms. Monopoly are sending the right message here. There is a new board game, Ms. Monopoly. But in the game, female players get $1,900 to start the game. Male players only $1,500. What? Also, in passing go, female players get 240 while male players only get the standard 200 <laughs> That doesn't seem... In other seem... words, hey, gals, you can start a business. You can do whatever you want in life, but only if you get more money than the men to start out with. Seems like a counterproductive, counterintuitive yeah, message, I but I, I didn't make the game. They the made the game. Right. Yeah, right, right, I, don't, right. I don't think so either. Okay. Hour three coming up. Boog and Tess have been relegated back to where they came from on ESPN. What will the new booth look like? Andrew Marchand, New York Post, joins us next.